Welcome to the What About series, where we talk about therapy topics in a highly condensed and easily digested way. Our goal is to help the average person understand some of the more complex or misunderstood aspects of the mental health world. Let's get right into it. All right, everybody, we're going to be talking about dependence. Ha, gotcha. You thought we were talking about interdependence. <laughs> you thought wrong. Hooked we will you. eventually, but <laughs> we're starting out with something else. Yeah, but before we start, the main um, the references here that we're pulling from is a book called The Family Crucible. It's The Intense Experience of Family Therapy by, let me pull up the, the author, Augustus E. Napier. Augustus Gloop. <laughs> and Carl <laughs> Carl A. Whitaker. This book has seriously been an amazing read. If you want to see what it's like in family therapy from the therapist's perspective, this is a great book to read just to, as Nacho Libre would say, to see what it tastes like. A little taste. See what it tastes like. So, yeah. And we're also pulling from an article here from the Gottman Institute. Yeah. John Gottman, one of the experts yep. in marriage. Um, one of the greatest research. men to live. Another fanboy um, fantasy of ours is to <laughs> be like John Gottman, especially for marriage therapy. The guy's amazing with all of his stuff. And we, we pulled some yeah. of his uh, um, some of his information about interdependence, dependence yeah. in general, and how to implement yeah. that healthily. So when we talk more about interdependence and healthy dependence, we'll be, we'll be quoting John Gottman. Yeah. So we... We've heard frequently quite a bit, at least in the therapy world, we have, I have, I don't know about Austin or you listening, about a lot of a lot about independence, interdependence, that that's what marriages are all about, being interdependent, and being interdependent comes from two individuals being independent and not dependent. And yes, that's exactly what we're going to talk about, but we're going to also talk about really just i mean dive deeper into this like it's this stuff is really actually really intense that we have recently learned and i think it's fascinating which is why we wanted to do an episode on it so we're just going to start off by saying we bring too many needs to marriage let that sink in cuz we think think about your ideal relationship right now a lot of the times we think of our significant other being the solution to all of our problems being able to help us get through the problems that we went through as a child to help us finish growing up to be our knight in shining armor for all of our problems and that's the way that hollywood portrays it that's the way social media portrays it and that's really not what marriage is all about. And if this is something you're like, okay, I'm just I'm just gonna turn this off. This is dumb. This is false falsehoods, sus, like, super sus. <laughs> like just just bear with me here, okay? Hang in there with us. And I think you might come to learn that you may be more dependent than you thought. At least I have. I've been able to see that. I'm a lot more dependent than I actually thought. I thought I was really independent, but 
through some honest self-reflection, I am not. I struggle here and there with dependence issues, and that comes from things from my childhood, mm-hmm. things from my past. And we brought, I brought that into my relationship, and so does everyone else. We bring everything into our relationship, right? There's not really a way to go around that. But naturally, we bring too many needs into marriage, and we need to be aware of what those needs are so we can actually maybe not bring as many as we would. Yeah. As, as with most, I don't know, struggles that humans deal with, either mental health or just relationship, familial struggles, <laughs> struggles, <laughs> familial struggles um, the, the problem is the default, you know, if that makes sense. Like anxiety is the default. Depression typically is the default. Um, social anxiety is the default for a lot of people. Um, and I think dependency is the default for most humans to, to be, be dependent on the people. Like you grow up your entire childhood being dependent on your parents for everything on food, water, yeah. house, um, supplies, as in meaning like school supplies, clothes, things like that, um, to live and to thrive in your life. You're completely dependent. And then for a lot of people that has a short period of time from like moving out to being married where you're pretty like independent with yourself and maybe you go completely the other direction you be, you become too independent without people in your life um but i think for most people getting into a marriage or getting into a serious relationship they kind of revert back to the dependency that is so factory setting so de- so default for most people for most humans um and so that's why it's so common i think is that it really is the default mode it really is the factory setting for most humans that we get into a relationship and we have this vulnerability and this unconditional love that comes from this person and this agreement that you're going to be there for each other. And naturally the, the dependent part of you kind of wakes up and allows, or I guess we allow it to grow because we can, and it's often accepted and encouraged. Like you said, in media, movies, things like that, it's kind of encouraged to be that way. And I guess this is just a little disclaimer that we put in most episodes that if you tend to deal with this, it's probably because it's the default mechanism for you. It's the default mechanism for most humans. And so don't pathologize yourself. Right. And that's okay. Like we're not saying it's, it's a bad thing. It's unhelpful. Like we've Mm -hmm. said in the past, nothing's really bad. It's unhelpful. And if you're thinking, oh my gosh, I am a dependent. That's okay. Realize it's okay to be broken, right? But the fact that you realize that, you can now start to make a change and, I mean, take steps towards that change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's um, it's not easy, but it's simple. Right. Yeah. Um, it's hard to root out default settings, as we've talked a lot about mm-hmm. in the past. There's no factory reset for human brains. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. And, I mean, we used to do that with lobotomies and <laughs> trephination and things like yeah. that. It's like, but that's not super ethical. Like holding the <laughs> power button on your phone down for 20 seconds. <laughs> the, yeah. Electrical convulsion therapy and diabetic mm-hmm. comas, things like that. Yeah. We used to do that, but it also has a whole lot of side effects like <laughs> amnesia and death. Um, a coma and death. No problem. Um, so, unfortunately... We have to deal with our shortcomings and not press the factory reset. We have to slowly ingrain neural pathways and we have to change behaviors and we have to model that behavior for our kids so they have a better shot at life. And it's very complex and it's oftentimes very difficult, but it is possible and oftentimes the solution is quite simple. It's just the implementing of it can be difficult to do. 
So and we're going to talk about that, of course. But I guess a couple thoughts that I had when it comes on dependence as we're getting into that now. Um, I've noticed that a lot getting into my marriage, um, coming up on two years of marriage. Woo-hoo. And that's the same for Enoch, too, that we're both, we both got married around the same time, uh, summer slash fall mm-hmm. of 2020. Yeah. Um, we're pretty young for our age, like when it comes to marriage length, but that's Utah for you. But, um, <laughs> True. Um, but I'm, I'm, I've never changed it for anything. I love my right. wife and I love my marriage. Um, but I noticed getting into the first couple, even just the first little bit of my marriage, first few months that I was extremely dependent, that I had that default setting that I have this person here now that is obliged to help me with anything that I ever need. And yeah. from anything to ordering food off of a menu at a restaurant to, um, doing the things that I don't want to do, like dishes and taking the garbage out, things like that. And of course, we're going to get into this later. There's nothing wrong with doing kind things for your partner and for your spouse. But um, there is a problem with becoming too dependent on your partner doing things for you. And that, we're going to talk about that more. But. Yeah. Like, if you think that you need your spouse to live, that's unhealthy. It is. It's unhelpful. Because you don't. The reality is you don't. You do not need that person to live, to go about your life, to achieve your dreams. That's just not true. And for some of you, that may be, I mean, a shock. Like, oh, but I need my, my wife to move on in life or to feel loved. Like, that's just a dependency issue. You don't need them. And I know it sounds... I mean, really frank, but it's true. And like we've said, our society has sculpted this thing, like this relationship monster, this mold that you need to rely on someone, and that's love, right? We've talked about this in the past as well with the Act with Love by Russ Harris. We did a whole episode on that where, I mean, that's what society deems as love right but that's just not true and that's just a a whole paradigm shift that we need to make as a society and that i mean i've had to slowly make in my life is being truly independent is realizing that you don't need that person but you get to have them Mm -hmm. you get to. to put it yeah yeah it's a privilege and not a a necessity yeah. In, a, in a way, like a necessity in the way that I, I do need my wife, but it, like in the way that I, it's a great privilege to have her in my life. And yeah. so it's not really not, not a necess- necessity at all, because um, if anything happened, which is never going to, I would continue to live. Yeah. And I, that's something that a lot of people need to accept that God forbid something happens to your spouse, you would still be here on earth and you need to live your life. Yeah. Whether that ha- that thing happening is a divorce or an unfortunate passing away of a spouse you you're still alive and you still have a life to live and you still have to continue on with your life because i'm sure there's other people that depend on you and that's what we mean by not needing your spouse that in a way you do your spouse a disservice by relying on them to the point where you think that you require them absolutely to live you do your relationship a disservice yeah by doing so yeah and i would say that um People need their spouse the same way an alcoholic needs their alcohol. And we've talked about relationship addiction before with codependency, and it's kind of the same thing here with dependency, that relationship addiction is not far off any different from substance abuse or substance addiction. 
Um, you could say I need my spouse to get through this the same way that I, as someone could say I need a drink to get through a social situation. Like I've it's, seen quotes like that, like I need you like I need wine. Exactly. You know, like yeah, yeah, and it's it's very similar. There's a, there's a great yeah. correlation between like substance dependency and relationship dependency that yeah. you need this person to get through this situation. I need this drink this beer to get me through this to be able to go to this concert and enjoy i need to take i need to smoke this weed in order to be in the pit down at this concert so i can relax and calm down the fact of the matter is that you don't and if you didn't do that and i'm I'm using the analogy of substance to kind of drive the conversation further but just think of relationship in this like let's say you do have social anxiety and you want to go to a concert and you think that you need to get super high in order to be able to go to the concert if you went to the concert not high you would still be alive yeah. You would still walk out of that probably enjoying it more than if you weren't high. Like if, if, if you did go high, you'd probably enjoy it more because you'd feel things more and you'd, you'd feel the good and the bad and you'd get more out of it. And the same is kind of our relationships, that if you can go into a situation or a decision or a problem understanding that you can get through it by yourself, then I think you're, you can get more out of it. Yeah. And knowing that there's that person there in your life, that partner, spouse, husband, wife, fiance, boyfriend, girlfriend, that is there for you no matter what and is going to support you whatever you do and love you despite the outcome of your decision or the outcome of what you do. And we're going to get into that, what that means later. But if you had the point of marriage is always having that person there for you to support you, not do the thing for you and to take the the problem away, to, to take the bad feelings away. That's not what they're there for. It's a common misconception of marriage that, um, that, a spouse is there to make your life easier and in a way sure kind of yeah in a way that yeah people married people do live longer because there's less stress generally speaking and yeah. there's more support yeah they're they're there to make things easier broadly speaking but at the same time they're not there to take your problems away yeah they're, they're not there for you to rely on exactly they're they make they're having a spouse and being married makes life easier because you have a support system and yeah the lack of a support system is linked to many psychological pathologies and even biomedical pathologies. The the lack of support, the lack of social cultural support can be linked to a lot of disorders. And that's what makes marriage so beneficial is that you have that unconditional support. It's the same with having a happy childhood. You have that unconditional support from your parents, but we all know what happens if a parent does everything for a child. They don't turn out super helpful. And it's the kind of the same thing. It's not very different in our marriages that if a, your spouse does everything for you. You're just going to turn into an amorphous blob that is dependent and can't do anything for themselves, can't make decisions for themselves. And that is the harm. That's like the, obviously the extreme right, outcome yeah, of dependency yeah, yeah. that you can't make decisions on your own or do things by yourself or take a drive to the store by yourself yeah. or spend 10 minutes alone. That's the extremes of course, but it highlights some of the, the little nuances that come with being dependent in a relationship. Right. Yeah. So we talked about what that looks like. And honestly, in the future, we're going to do another episode on mm-hmm. um, just kind of what comes with dependency and, and things like that. But for now, you get a basic idea of what that looks like, right? Of what being dependent on someone looks like and why that could be unhealthy. So think of someone you really love right now, spouse, partner, boyfriend, girlfriend, family, whoever it is. Now, think of them, this is really extreme, just removed from your life, like, pa, like the blip in uh, 
Oh, well, like Endgame. Avengers, yeah. Avengers. Yeah. They blipped. Oops. Like, what would happen? Would you go on living? Do you feel like you can't live? Do you feel like you're incapable of being your true self? Do you feel like uh, just... Is your personality wrapped up in your relationship with your partner? Yeah, in the fact your that... Your spouse. Oh my gosh, I can't do anything now because they're gone. Mm-hmm. And if that's if that's the case, then you're dependent on that person. And don't freak out. Again, it's not a bad thing. The first step is now to recognize that. And now let's talk about what we can do to be more independent. Because sure, it sounds all cute when you say, I need you to live. And I mean, that's probably what Shakespeare wanted. You just complete it, me. <laughs> It's it sounds good in plays, you know, or yeah. or whatever it is. But we can we can blame Shakespeare for all of this. Dang it, William! <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds good. Looks cute on Instagram. It's very attractive idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the matter of fact is, it's really unhealthy in the relationship, and we need to make a paradigm shift. So let's now talk about what it looks like to be independent as an individual. And then when you're both independent, when you both realize that you don't need each other, I know that doesn't sound good, right? It sounds kind of scary. It does. It sounds scary. But realizing you don't need each other, but you get to be with each other. You get Mm -hmm. to be around each other. You get to live with each other forever. Realizing that, that is when you'll get interdependence. And that's really independence on a higher level with two people connected mm-hmm. this is really what that is quick little rant here not rant more of just Let's like go. a thought that as you were speaking saying that you need someone is like it kind of takes away the i don't know the the joy out of the relationship the meaning out of the relationship because humans need water humans need food there's not a whole lot of poetic romanticism in a human's rela- relationship with water we just we just need it yeah and saying you need a partner is like saying you need water you know it takes the i don't know if that's making sense but it kind of takes the romantic aspects out of it sure yeah yeah Uh, i'd say that the human relationship to our spouse is not like the human relationship to water right human relationship to our spouse is more like the human relationship with mountains or like a like your favorite scenery like it's a privilege to be able to enjoy that in your life yeah. And you don't need that scenic mountain because like this weekend I went up to Mirror Lake here in Utah. Beautiful, beautiful place. I absolutely love it. It was such an amazing experience. I don't need Mirror Lake in my life. But man, does it make my life special to have it there and to yeah. enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I think that's what relationships are. It's You have this amazing person in your life that you get to enjoy and learn from and again the lake analogy is fading here but (laughs) you have this person in your life that you don't need but you get to enjoy but by saying i need them is like saying it's turning your relationship into the relationship with them into your necessity for water it's not it's nothing special there it's just it's just just, there it's just not true exactly it's not there's and there's no there's not a lot of meaning behind the water relationship. There's a whole lot of meaning with my relationship with Mirror Lake, because I went there as a kid and like it's all that. But again, I don't know if that's making sense. Hopefully, it makes sense to everyone listening. But it takes the meaning out of it when you say you need them, right? Because and that's hardship. But we're kind of going for the harsh aspect here. But 
because I think I needed to hear it when Enoch told me when we were talking about this. I needed to hear that I don't need my wife. Man, do I I really enjoy having the privilege of her having being in my life. Um, because I would go on living if God forbid something happens to her. Right. But man, would I be depressed because of the privilege of having her in my life, not because I needed her. I'm not going to die the same way that I would if I went without water. But if for some reason mirror like disappeared from the face of the planet or like the, the entire, you went to landscape or the mountain landscapes of Utah, if that disappeared, man, would my life be hard and a little bit less meaningful, but I would still live. Uh, Hopefully that all makes sense, but that's kind of what I was thinking about. Yeah, no, I mean, I love that. That's great. Mm -hmm. So here, this this is a, a quote from the Family Crucible here. So they say, if both partners are pretty secure people, reasonably independent and strong with a basic sense of self-confidence and self-reliance, then they aren't likely to ask really major help from each other. They accept life's pain, its aloneness, and its stress as something they must handle when the chips are down themselves. They are aware that life can be more pleasant if they share some of the stress with someone else, but they don't usually try to escape the basic demands of living by making that someone else feel responsible for them as people. So when you say something like, I need you, you are putting that on your partner and making them feel Mm. responsible for your happiness. Where if they left, or they won't be able to be there for you at certain times, do you see how that puts stress on that person? Because, mm. oh my gosh, like they they said they need me and I'm mm. not there. And you can see just the stress and the dilemma that can put someone in. Can I illustrate an example with that? Yeah. I think yeah. Um, yeah. what could commonly have you happen there, like let's say husband tells wife, I need you for this specific reason, whatever it is. I need you, like I can't sleep without you in the bed next to me. Like I just, I can't yeah. fall asleep. Yeah. And let's say um wife gets asked to go on like a girl's trip or like to go on vacation with like all of her siblings or something like that where they just yeah. go for a weekend i don't know saint george that's a utah thing go to yeah. saint george for the weekend if you yeah. live in northern utah and you just um you get asked to do that the wife might think to herself i can't leave i can't go enjoy myself because my husband needs me yeah and that's that's quite the the dilemma because she of course she wants to go and enjoy herself but she feels that she can't no matter the stress anxiety and depression that would come from missing out on that opportunity to do things that she wants to do and flip it let's say a husband really likes a hobby input hobby i don't know what it is and let's say golfing let's say she he loves golfing and um he likes to go on the weekends and wife tells him I need you to enjoy my weekends. I need you to be here so I can enjoy my weekends. I have to spend my time with you. I feel like my weekends just aren't the same if I'm not with you. Yeah. He's going to feel like he can't go out and golf because she needs him to enjoy herself on the weekend. Yeah. And that's just not true. Neither of those situations are true. Um, you may think that they are, but with enough proper processing of those emotions that you're feeling, then you'd be able to overcome those issues. But that's kind of example of the stress that could come from right. feeling like your spouse needs you to quote unquote survive or to do basic human functions. Yeah. But when you're independent, you realize that you yourself can handle the basic, I love how they say it, the basic demands of living by yourself, which includes life's pains, aloneness and stress, anxiety, all that stuff, you can handle that by yourself. And that doesn't mean that your partner isn't there for you. They are there. 
but again, I love how he says, when the chips are down, you realize you can handle this yourself and mm-hmm. you don't need that person. And you don't try and escape those basic parts of life by clinging to that person or being dependent on that person. Yeah, exactly. And I had a thought, but it left. And so maybe I'll just read a quote that I wrote myself here. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I just I had a thought of this as we were preparing this little podcast note, um, kind of summarizing what I think this episode is about and what interdependence is. Yeah. Um, and I just put it into some words and I said, marriage is not about doing everything for your spouse. It's about being there for them through everything. It's then quote, Austin Ivy, future LMFT. That's what I wrote down. But darn right, dude. <laughs> marriage Heck is yeah. not um, simply that's so it's so simplified. It it oversimplifies what marriage is. It takes away the meaning that all you do is just do things for them. But the real human, deep seated meaning of a human relationship, especially human like marriage, matrimony, is that you like the abstraction of just being there for your spouse creates so much meaning and so much fulfillment in a relationship that you don't just simply take away their problems by doing chores for them, which is again, we might even talk about that here in a second, that that's an okay thing to do, but to transcend the, um, the monotony of just simply doing things for your partner and transcend to showing them that you are supportive of them by empathy and by love and by words of encouragement and through, um, I'll just I'll say it again through empathy. That is true, genuine, complex human interaction, human yeah. relationship is the ability to transcend the simply just picking thing up, picking things up for your partner, or doing kind acts. Which I will put a disclaimer now that is an amazing thing to do. It's an amazing way to turn towards your partner, and maybe that's your love language. But yeah. the foundation of your marriage cannot simply be doing things for them and solving their problems. It needs to be the act of connection through empathy while living your own intertwined parallel lives. Yeah. You need to be able to go out and do things by yourself and empower each other to do so. Right. Like that, I think that is where true human interaction is, where the the beauty of marriage is, is when you can allow yourself to let go of your partner so they can do things they want to do by themselves. Mm-hmm. They can like take into back to the analogy of the parent to child thing. A parent must love their child enough to allow them to do things on their own. Yeah. You know, if a parent is always gripping to their child and holding on to them, never letting them go and going out into the world, what's going to happen to that child? You know, they're never going to develop the skills they need. That doesn't necessarily change when you're married. Humans grow for a long time into their lives yeah. and they develop yeah. new skills. Like we're very complex as humans are. And, to not allow your partner to do that by keeping them close and never letting them grow, grow, <laughs> never letting them grow, so to speak, um, <laughs> never letting them grow by letting them go. That um, I think that's that's I love a, that. speaking of Shakespeare. That's a tragedy. That's quite a tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I think I think we'll end on that. Like end on Austin's quote. It's it's just beautiful there, and I know it may seem uncomfortable to think that and that's okay i want you to we want you to challenge these thoughts okay and and listen to this episode again and just give it a thought let your your wife let your spouse let your significant other go have a night with the boys let them go have a a night with the girls Mm -hmm. a weekend trip with the girls slumber party you know or, or whatever it is yeah 
and then see how that makes you feel. How do you feel when they're gone? Do you feel like you need them? And that's a sign of dependency. And so just noticing that's the first step and you can start making a change towards being independent and realizing that your spouse is there for you. They're not meant that they're not meant to fix that problem for you. Mm-hmm. They're simply meant to be by your side as you go through that stress, as you go through that anxiety. They're not a, a fix all. They're not no fix it Felix. Yeah, they're not some general contractor that you can call in to fix all your problems when you need Yeah. Them. I think that's another thing that is important as like a send off is to let's say your spouse is going through something difficult to avoid the tendency to just try to fix it. Because again, that's the very simple thing. That's the very easy thing to do that is reinforcing and it's very visual. You know, you're fixing the problem. Right. Um, But the real transcendence, the real human connection is the ability to just show that you support them while they're doing their own difficult thing and allowing them to do it. And that's, I think that's the real beauty of, of human relationships is to be able to do that. And I think... That's hard for me to do as a future therapist. And we were talking about this before the podcast start to be able to just listen and not go into problem solving mode. And that's a problem for a lot of men. So this might be difficult for (laughs) some of the male listeners to not simply just solve the problem, but to show that you're there for them and to support them emotionally or maybe even physically with a hug or some physical touch, whatever it is to show that you're there. I mean, to avoid that tendency to just pull out the emotional toolbox and fix it. Yeah. That might be difficult for a lot of people. And there's going to be some circumstances where that needs to happen. Of course, we talked about that right. before, that sometimes the emotional toolbox needs to come out and you need to yeah. talk about things. Yeah. But the vast majority of situations just need a little bit of support and maintain that interdependence and allow each other to solve your own problems. Right. And with that, your marriage will be stronger. Your relationship mm-hmm. will be stronger. I know it may seem kind of counterintuitive, well, but, you, yeah, you get stronger as you individually become stronger. Right. Your your marriage is an individual entity. Of course it is. But that individual entity becomes stronger as you as individuals help each other become stronger as individuals. Right. Not in the becoming an amorphous blob of one person right. strengthening that blob, strengthening one, one another, strengthening each other to strengthen I'm making hand motions. <laughs> and that is yeah. interdependence. That is interdependence. Yeah, yeah. It's a really complex like concept to first grasp, but once mm-hmm. you understand it, like it's it's seriously a game changer. So just give some thought on that. And learn to be independent and that it's learn okay. To be interdependent. Yeah. That's right. We hope you learned something new. And we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. I said thank you guys. <laughs> what about what about therapy? What about what about therapy? What about, what about therapy, yeah? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy, yeah? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy, yeah?